Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. On today's episode of Twisted News, we'll tackle two cases that involve families. The first one is about a clan from Minnesota who met their untimely demise from a disturbed relative struggling with mental illness. And the second story is about an update on one of the most heavily reported missing persons cases in modern history. One that's always stood out to me as particularly tragic, and that's the case of Madeline McCann. I'm Andrew Fitzgerald, and welcome to another episode of Twisted News. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys enjoy our podcast, then please remember to check out our other one called Everytown, where we go more in-depth into some crazy cases. If you're on a drive or at work, they're perfect to listen to and we get right down to the stories without any fluff, because ain't nobody got time for that. Number one, social media family murder confession. In this day and age, most people share just about everything on social media. From the most mundane things, such as meals and clothing, to the more imaginative content like travel and art-related posts, and sometimes even the most intimate ones. Sharing details online has become sort of ingrained in the routine of many people. What will forever remain is probably the most disturbing things being shared online are those that are related to crimes. And this is exactly what our story is about, which is not only shocking, but also disheartening. 
on Wednesday morning of April 20th, 2022, Hermantown Police in Minnesota received a request for a welfare check on a 29-year-old man who seemed to be experiencing a mental health crisis. His name was Brandon Cole Skogstad. After arriving at Timberlane Drive, the authorities failed to locate or contact Brandon. Then at around noon, and after reaching out to other people who may know him, they were informed by a relative that Brandon sent an alarming message to them, which was later posted publicly by Brandon himself on his own Facebook page. It perfectly described the mental health struggle he was experiencing at the time. It seemed that he felt helpless and guilty, and that it was simply time to go. He wrote, I've made the absolute horrid choice in taking my life. He also wrote, I never sought out help because I felt I never deserved it. In that same post, he also admitted to taking the lives of four other people, his uncle, aunt, and his two cousins, whom the latter two he described as sweet and beyond angelic. An unidentified relative also provided the address of the family that Brandon mentioned in his message. It was located in the neighborhood of East Hillside. Hermantown police immediately contacted the Duluth police to inform them of their situation. When police arrived at the location, a single gunshot was heard from the property. To avoid unknown dangers, authorities decided to retreat temporarily to request backup before entering the property. And at around 3 in the afternoon, it was scouted with drones headed by the SWAT team. What they saw was what the police chief would later describe as the worst crime scene that he'd ever seen in three decades in the workforce. Five dead human bodies and a dog were found inside the home. According to neighbors, the house was occupied by a family of four, married couple, Sean and Rihanna Barry, who were 47 and 44 respectively, and their daughters, 12-year-old Shiwei and 9-year-old Sade. The fifth dead body belonged to the nephew of the couple, Brandon, the one who wrote the alarming Facebook post earlier that day. A 9mm handgun was also found near his body. Based on the investigation, the killing spree seemed to have happened sometime on the evening of Tuesday, April 19th. Brandon, who was having a mental health crisis, appeared to have shot his relatives while they were sleeping, including the two children. It was not exactly clear what must have caused or triggered Brandon to do this, which led to the tragedy, except for his untreated mental illness. Despite not receiving help, it appeared that Brandon himself and his relatives were aware of his struggles. However, Brandon chose not to get the help that he badly needed, and sadly, it was way too late now for Brandon and his relatives. They could never bring back the lives lost because of this struggle. While initial investigations identified this as a murder-suicide case, at the time of this writing, the case remains active and under investigation. There is safety in the anonymity offered by social media. Most of us feel safe talking about ourselves, our feelings, and even our innermost thoughts. Brandon, who was believed to have originally written his messages as a letter to his relative, most likely decided to make it a public post in an attempt to explain or describe his struggles, which he didn't understand, and the result was this harrowing tragedy. 
Number two, Madeline McCann update. Cold cases that involve missing people are always difficult to talk about. There's always the fear that something might jeopardize the search, such as discussing it or releasing key information or evidence to the public. And yet, there's also the fear that the case might end up forgotten if people don't talk about it enough. However, the worst of all are the fear and longing that the family of the missing must have been continuously experiencing the entire time. There is no closure to their struggles, and their questions remain unanswered. This is probably what the family and relatives of Madeline McCann had to and have continuously been going through. In 2007, Madeline, then just three years old from Rothley, England, went missing when their family went to Portugal on a vacation. They were staying at an apartment block at the Ocean Club, located in Praia de Luz. In the evening, her parents, Kate and Jerry, went out to have dinner with friends just 100 yards away from the apartment. Madeline was left behind with her younger twin siblings, who were two years old. During the dinner, the adults took turns in checking in on the children at the complex. When Kate checked on them, Madeline was suddenly nowhere to be found. It was believed that she had been abducted from the apartment complex and remained in Portugal alive during the search. The police even released a description of a man who seemed to be carrying a child the night Madeline disappeared. However, nothing actually came of it. Over the years, a lot of speculations have been made. Probably the most unforgettable one was when Jerry and Kate were named as suspects in the case themselves. Almost a year later, the investigators withdrew their suspicions about the couple. But then, fast forward 15 years later, and the case of the missing toddler still remained unsolved. However, new information was released recently on April 22, 2022, with the investigators declaring an official suspect in the case. The Portuguese authorities haven't formally released his name to the public, but it was identified as a German national. It was also revealed that a 45-year-old German national has been under investigation by the German authorities since 2020 in the case. This man was a child sex offender and a convicted rapist. He was identified as Christian Breckner. During the time of Madeline's disappearance, he was living in the Algarve region, where the village of Praia del Luz is. Prosecutors from Faro, Portugal, requested the German authorities to inform Bruckner that he was being investigated for Madeline and the disappearance. Bruckner, in defense, denied that he had anything to do with the case, though until now no charges have been made against him. For most people, especially Madeline's family, this may seem like promising news. However, it's shrouded by the fact that some believe this move was just a result of the nearing deadline of this case's statute of limitations. Per Portuguese law, crimes punishable with prison sentences of at least 10 years have a statute of limitations up to 15 years. If the prosecution wasn't able to name a suspect when the deadline came, then no charges could then be filed. Authorities, on the other hand, remained focused on finding more possible links and evidence between Bruckner and Madeline's case. Aside from his criminal history, bone evidence could also be used to prove that the suspect was in the area 
when the disappearance happened. In addition to that, they're also looking into Bruckner's camper van. He used that vehicle to travel between Portugal and Germany. Bruckner is the first formal suspect the Portuguese authorities have identified since putting the blame of Madeline's disappearance on the parents. The suspect is currently serving a prison sentence in Germany for seven years. He was convicted in 2019 of raping a 72-year-old American woman in Algarve in 2005. It's hard to imagine the type of hardships the McCain family must have gone through these past 15 years. What makes it more difficult is the fact that Madeline must have also suffered since she was taken away from her family when they were supposed to be having an adventure together. And no one can say until now just how long she must have suffered or if she is still suffering to this day. So there were two of the latest scary news stories around. If you guys enjoyed these, please check out some of our other episodes. We also invite you to visit our YouTube channel, Scary Mysteries, where we feature stories like these as well, partnered with great visuals to make sure you enjoy tuning in. So thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you soon.